0: And I'm Joe, and this is Season 6, Episode 17 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast, slated to come out on October 30th, 2023, and this is our Halloween episode. So just, uh, we got scary topics, terrifying brews, and uh, not really, because we never do anything that's actually scary, Uh, but we're going to be drinking today the California Ace Limited Release Craft Cider Pumpkin. Uh, It's a 5% ABV cider, uh, going kind of back to the roots of some of the first things that we tried on beer and broadband, Um, getting back to some California stuff and bumping mics and um, trying ciders, but also fall time, you know, little pumpkin spice in there. So let's see what Ricky thinks.
1: He's taking a couple big swigs there. Yeah, I mean, it's tasty. It's very odd. It's... Like a little bit of a sour, funky sort of apple cider that mm-hmm. they've just put a bunch of fall spices into, which just kind of compounds onto that like funky sourness to it. Yeah. Like it's, it is sweet. It's objectively sweet, but it doesn't really taste sweet because of all the spices and the other stuff in it. Like in the sense that very few sweet ciders are not sweet forward. Where this is almost like funk forward it is you
0: know? funk forward it is spice forward the the pump there is no like pumpkin flavor no, that i pull isn't. out um but there is like okay so you know the 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 pumpkin mead mm-hmm. that that i made uh, a couple years ago when it first came out of the uh, when we racked it first into bottles and we like you know first drank some of it it had like it it was kind of thin and watery and the pumpkin flavor really didn't come out but at the end it had like this kind of like note that goes up yeah. and it's like a just a particular earthy note that pumpkin has that's the only thing I taste in it and it's at the very very end
1: yeah there's there's a little tiny bit but I again I like to try and judge it based off if I hadn't heard what it's supposed to be I think that's very hard for anyone to pull out and I think I would be like, if I put this in front of someone and said, you know, do you think this is pumpkin? Like, do you think this is a, a pumpkin uh, cider? Or this is an apple pie cider? They would say apple pie almost every time. I agree. Um,
0: I'm not, not disagreeing with that. I'm just more saying, like, if there was a pumpkin note in there, that's where it would be.
1: Yeah, it's, that's at true. the very
0: end. Um, the, the label says, subtle aromas of pumpkin, ideal for Halloween and Thanksgiving which is traditionally cider time enjoy, um, And it's got no sugar added. So I don't know how much sugar it's got in it. Yeah, 13 grams of carbohydrates per bottle. 11 total sugars. It's not too bad. I mean, if you're like, <laughs> if you, it, it, as far as as sweet as mm-hmm. it tastes, it's not as sweet. It's not like, uh, you know, 30 grams or something like that. Yeah,
1: well, I think you're allowed to use concentrates and not call that added sugar. Yeah, You're like um i didn't back sweeten it i just started with a very sweet like uh concentrated apple i Um,
0: i think that that's probably what they did here yeah and probably some sort of granny smith
1: i missed it yeah what was the ABV on this
0: five percent five percent okay yeah Yeah. it's not too bad it's nicely carbonated i mean there's a lot of things i like about it um it's you know it doesn't have the acidity that a lot of ciders have too yeah which makes it nice
1: it, it's certainly not bad. I think I would like it more if it had a, just a little bit of vanilla in it. Mm-hmm. At that point, it is pretty much just like a apple pie cider, but I would yeah. be okay with that. I like, agree. Yeah. It needs a little bit more of a mellow spice in it to round it out a bit more. It's a little sharp. It,
0: it is a little sharp. I think the, the problem with the fall spices and them calling it pumpkin is it denotes that it should taste a certain way um so i wouldn't mind the sharpness if i was drinking it specifically to have like that sort of like extra fall flavor and it's just not quite there
1: yeah i mean i think it'd probably be truer to advertising just to call it a fall cider right you know um again not not trying to say they're lying there could be some pumpkin in there but it's certainly not very detectable
0: yeah i I mean i like i said it's only that earthy note at the end Mm -hmm. that i'm I think is there. So let's talk about Microsoft two times. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is our scary topic, by the way. Uh, Not really, but um, so Microsoft was audited by the IRS, and the IRS determined that they owe $29 billion in back taxes. Mm -hmm. Now, for a company who makes like three times that in a year, that's not that It's more terribly oh, yeah, yeah. much money yeah per year they over the what 10 years that they've accrued these back taxes i think from from the article that i, I yeah read,
1: it was like 2004 to 2013 and in yeah. that time they made something like 192 billion
0: right something like that so like they made a ton of money and they've had capital expenses and things like that mm-hmm. so they don't retain all that money but they probably have this money to give back so I don't, I'm not a tax lawyer or anything like that. That's not really my thing. Um, But it does kind of feel like when you look at a corporation like that and they're trying to do, you know, just good business and their good business is to make as much money as possible. So, Mm. um, but it does kind of feel like there's some sort of loophole that we've created in our society, in our Mm. American society, possibly Western society. Yeah. Um, where corporations are just kind of able to sidestep that stuff. They don't really have to invest back into the infrastructure that allows them to continue to exist.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all our tax system is, is loopholes. Yeah. And that's kind of the problem with it, is it is so obscenely complex, and there are so many little loopholes that get put into it, and there's so much backing uh, for private interest and things like the Congress and stuff like that, that you know what happened with this... Is Microsoft took a bunch of their intellectual properties mm-hmm. and sold it, like other U.S. intellectual properties, and sold them to their Puerto Rican branch. Yeah, which because they had a more favorable tax um, over there, so it's basically shifting company money around. So that now, because Puerto Rico owns the intellectual rights when they're shipping UCDs of Microsoft Office and things like that that income counts as having come out of Puerto Rico where they don't pay as many taxes. Right, And it's stuff like that, that, you know, the, the IRS is arguing, Hey, that was purely a tax move. That wasn't a business move. That's just shifting money. You can't do that. Right. Microsoft is saying, no, we had reasons to do that. Um, and it goes back and forth and it's look, I'll say this, you know, cause I did a lot of research on this topic. I think, what tells us how bad taxes have gotten in America is that the way they were able to get this audit and were able to continue to push through this audit um, that they've been working on now for almost like 20 years is they hired a private law firm. Yeah. The IRS did not do this audit. They hired someone else to do it because their funding's so bad. Yep. Granted, some things have passed recently that will make the funding better. And, you know, we have done some things. You know, Trump passed a new tax law, and I think it was 2017, that has had Microsoft have to already pay back about $10 billion in taxes. Right. Because um, it increased basically how much. Basically, th- the gist of that uh, law was, hey, you're an American company. You're registered in America. I know you are doing things overseas. You still have to pay us a little bit for that stuff. Yeah. So that, that saw some of the back tax already paid. They only have to pay like $19 billion, yeah. Um, if it goes through. But, you know, they're talking about this going to an appeals court. Yep. That's the appeals within the IRS, which generally they cut you a break. Very few of appeals actually go all the way through because the IRS would rather get some money than potentially lose yep. the appeal. And that's a private court. That's not public. So you can't even see what happens there. And that's the big issue for me on all this is, like, if we just had a more simplified tax code, that, that we close a bunch of loopholes on, you know, I think the argument people make is, well, you know, uh, an easier tax code is probably less efficient in terms of number of dollars it can potentially extract. But I think you have a lot less of this. Yeah, you do a lot less of 29 billion going <laughs> not into the system because you, at a, at a certain point you say, okay, if I had a simplified tax code, they wouldn't have paid necessarily 29 billion. Maybe they would have only paid 15 billion. But they still would have paid it. But but I mean, they wouldn't you're have also, to hide. You're also getting
0: fifteen billion dollars back into your economy that they've
1: tried to like keep out of the economy. Well, you know, look, I'll even yeah. say this: it's you know, and this was kind of the same thing that happened when uh, I forget, I forget if it was it after he got elected or shortly before he got elected, where they got a hold of Trump's tax records because mm-hmm. that made a huge break of like, look at all your companies who are not paying. Their fair share of taxes and he he clapped back saying, You know, I'm hundred percent paying my fair share of taxes. The problem is you've got eight hundred loopholes and I'd be an idiot not to use them. Right. And that's true. We've allowed, you know, special interests to force loopholes into our tax code for decades. Yep. To the point that they can play this game, that it takes ten, almost twenty years to audit a company. You know, that's ridiculous. How much money did did the IRS spend and send to this private law firm to even do this audit? It must be a massive amount of money. It probably was. Or the law firm's gonna get a big chunk yeah. of that, you know, twenty nine billion, or I guess nineteen billion now. So it's like, come on. It's it doesn't have to be like this. Tax I forget, it's some ludicrous number. It's like five, six hundred pages is how long the tax code is. Yeah, it's 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 an you know it's
0: an insane amount and it only the the loopholes that are there really only benefit the very wealthy and businesses
1: yeah and they yeah. do and it and it, you know a lot of it I think boils down to income tax which is a very poorly thought out tax yeah because it was an emergency tax from the world wars right you know it is very hard to accurately assess someone's income especially when you start throwing in multi, like multinational companies that are getting income from lots of different places mm-hmm. because you know technically you know if I you know Ricky gives you joe one of my video games that video game counts as income for you right no one ever records that stuff it's nope. a nightmare to keep track of <laughs> you know of like who owes what and who doesn't whereas like we could just say which a lot of states have said mm-hmm. it's like there's not an income tax here instead we have a more comprehensive sales tax yeah more sales more comprehensive sales tax
0: or more comprehensive property tax or something like that
1: yeah because like look you know, property tax by itself is probably not enough. Yeah. I understand that, you know, our government has gotten way much larger than it can handle just doing all the stuff it needs to do off property tax. But, like, you know, Tennessee, where my family grew up, no income tax, it's yep. all just sales tax, which means, you know, sales is real easy. Yep. Sales is real easy you to track Track pretty of, easy. Yep. You know? You say, hey, you're a registered business, therefore, when you sell something, you get a percent of it you know their sales tax is high it's something like nine percent maybe ten percent almost but if you know you have your own little garden the the food you garden doesn't count as income which it would yep. for other places uh, unless you're which is hard for a home gardener to do home gardener would need to right. worry about it because you'd have to get more value in your produce than you put into it and home gardens are notorious for being not money efficient very rarely you uh commercial wise get as much produce you get better quality produce but it's not cheaper produce. Right. You know. So I don't know, it's a it's I'm interested to see where it goes. It'll go to appeal. We'll eventually figure out what it was. But I mean, this is where we're at. It, it this was all about a business decision made in 20 2004. Yeah. It's 2023, and now they're going to appeal, and that'll take a couple more years. Yep. <laughs> you know, whatever Microsoft owes, they're not going to owe until, like, 2028 or later. And the,
0: the value of that money, because the way we do inflation, um, is just so much less now than it was before.
1: You know, that's a decent point, because the $29 billion also includes fees and fines mm-hmm. for hiding the money. Right. So I don't know if that's quite as much of a concern. I don't know what the breakdown is. So it could be, like... Raw money, they owed like 20, and they've got 9 billion in yeah. fines or whatever that try to make up the inflation difference or something, you know. But, but it it's certainly... It's
0: still like, it's it's this, the money's not worth as much. We don't, we, we just, we've got, a, we've got a society that's built off of concepts that are not changing fast enough, and they're not moving with the society's
1: needs necessarily. Yeah, because it's all too complex. I yeah. mean, the idea, like pitch that to somebody like walk up to somebody on the street and said hey in 2004 I did something that makes me it makes you think I owe you 20 billion dollars Are you okay if we spend the next 20 years litigating that?
0: (laughs) They would say no. No. That's ludicrous. You owe me $20 billion. You need to give me $20 billion. You
1: loan somebody $100 and they expect it back in a month or two. Yeah. And, like, it's a real easy system. That's an incredible amount of money to be tied up in red tape. Yep. You know? And it's... the more we try and say, "Oh, we're going to reform the tax code by putting in five or six new passages," no, you need to start ripping passages out. <laughs> like, the, we need to get the tax code down to like twenty, thirty pages, which is what it was. Yeah, when like, people to be. say that and they're like, "That's impossible," it's like, no, "No, it's not." Uh, taxes used to be incredibly simple because we didn't have a different tax for every different type of product. Yep, you know. Like, go go buy a bunch of different stuff from a bunch of different stores and notice how your tax rate is different. Even on sales tax, it's a simpler tax. And that's at a state
0: level. That's not even like at a federal level, necessarily.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, the federal, you know, they treat income that same way. It's like, yeah. okay, what, what products did you sell? Okay, those are taxed at these rates. And what percentage of this did you make? Okay, those are taxed at those rates. And now we got to deal with tariffs. So how much money did you actually make because you sold it overseas? Yeah. And, you know, I saw... Um, there's a push to do a new digital tax. Yeah. Which the idea is to help with stuff like this, because what you're saying is just globally, I don't care where you are, if you're Microsoft and you sell, you know, copies of Office in Guatemala, you owe two percent on a digital good. Right. It's just universally. Because you're an American company, it doesn't matter if you sell it overseas, you owe 2%, Yeah, it's something like that. I haven't gotten into the the super fine details of it. But again, this is us making a new tax to put on top of the not working tax system to try and make up for the fact the tax system isn't working very well. It's just Band-Aid after Band-Aid after Band-Aid, because it's easy to pass a Band-Aid. I think it's a lot harder to get people to agree to do a full reform, but it's what needs to happen. But, uh, you know same time this whole microsoft thing uh the irs was pushing for them not to get an, to give them an appeal but congress went crazy about that because there's so many lobbyists for microsoft yep. out there they're like what do you mean they can't get an appeal that's insane now they're getting their appeal yeah you know so probably the same thing would happen like some just very recently just literally i think yesterday or the day before there was um the sec has put in a new rule that uh i think takes effect in like 60 90 days something like that that basically, if you're short on a company, you've got um. You know, either through swaps or derivatives, or you're actually just short of a particular stock or a resource, you have to report that to mm-hmm. the SEC. You have to report how much, and like who you, you know who you're borrowing it from and everything right. else. And there were several people in Congress in the Senate that against that like yep. that's you no, you can't do that you can't do that that
0: that would destroy our system that makes accountability yeah that you makes can. everybody have to know everything and you don't want to blah, blah, blah yeah i saw that too yeah it's, yeah
1: it's crazy how many people how many of our elected politicians fight against reform for transparency well I, you know i
0: mean okay so this is a bit of a bunny rabbit and we may not actually get to the next topic this this time mm-hmm. uh, but it's another spoopy topic you know um but just knowing how Congress works, uh, you think these people are sitting in the Senate or at one of these, you know, committees or something like mm-hmm. that. When they've said that they're going to go there, they don't. They don't even like show up until the end, and then they just go in and say what they're going to say. Yeah,
1: they show up to the yeah.
0: So, uh, so like you may have a panel of people that come up there and they're presenting before, you know, supposedly these senators and half the senators or more are not even in the room. Yep. They're not listening to them. They don't care what the people say. And then they come in at the very end and things that you've already agreed on or are, are like things that you're like, "Yeah, we can totally agree that that's a bad thing and we should yeah. not that should not even be something that's debated." They'll bring that debate back up just because they don't know what the crap you talked about. Yep. You no.
1: It's a, it's a terrible system. We we've really done a poor job of keeping frankly just what it is is corruption yeah because we allow things like lobbying and things to happen and we allow you know people to vote for okay i'm trying to think of the best way to say this like we are not a democracy we're a republic yeah so we elect people to to basically pass laws for us and that's a high trust system right like that would be me saying it's like you know what I'm not going to vote on anything, Joe. You're allowed to make all my votes, because right. Joe, I trust you, and Joe, I do trust you. So I would actually like think you would do a pretty good job at that. Maybe. But what we're doing on a national level is saying, hey, we think this random politician can go make all of those votes. And sure, you could not elect them next time. Right. Sure, if they do something crazy, you can get them kicked out. You can like, you know, do whatever you know different for every every branch of the government. But you can go through some process to end their term early. But to still, at the end of the day, I don't know too many people who have trust in politicians anymore to say that they would let them make every vote for them. No, but that's you know, the way our, system's set the way our system set up, and it made sense
0: when we originally set it up, the, because it, we didn't like we were so spread out, you couldn't like have you know direct interaction. On well, there's things still and stuff there's like still that.
1: something to be said for a republic because the idea would be, hey, every random person does not know the nuances of law, and it's easy to name a bill, you know free puppies, and what it actually means is, you know, puppies are not free, they're property, and therefore you will be taxed for every pet right. you have. You know, there's there's all sorts of that junk that, we, that gets put into bills. So you need someone who's educated in it. But when we let companies just say, hey, look, yeah, we're going to lobby for this, I'm going to pay 40% of your campaign or whatever like that. Like, just look at how much politicians' net worth is versus... What it was when they went into office. Absolutely. You know, the richest person in uh, the county my parents grew up in was a politician. He was penniless when he started. Yeah. It, he, was, he was a poor man elected for being a poor man who would represent them in the government. He's now the richest man in the county. Yep. You know, what does that tell you? The man only gets paid like 100000 or something like that. And he's a millionaire now. So you tell me how you get paid a hundred thousand dollars, and you become you, a millionaire. You become
0: multi-millionaire. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean it's it's a more it's a more complex topic than we have you know time mm-hmm. to sort out in twenty minutes. But I think ultimately, you know, us just babbling on about it doesn't actually solve the problem. Someone has to like actually go in and like solve the issue. Yeah. But when it comes down to taxes and like our government, like kind of being in the position that it's in from like a real you know standing outside looking in like whether you're outside of the u.s or you're in the Mm -hmm. u.s but you're like you really can't be involved in this you're you're only like kind of exist where it is it literally is more so complex that one human being cannot navigate it no yeah you can't
1: and it's I think the first step is really just a lot of framing. I mean, you go and read almost any article about this, it either is completely neutral or it's framing it from a, like, oh, Microsoft did a bad thing. Right. And, you know, I do think that is debatable on whether what they did was bad in a legal sense. In a moralistic sense, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely bad. It makes no sense that you sold most (laughs) of your intellectual property rights to a factory with 85 people in it. Yeah. You know, but... A factory you own with 85 people in it. Yeah. But the fact that you could do that and that was allowed and was not immediately blocked because of how bad the system is, I think is a lot of times the system trying to hide how bad it is. Yeah. is saying, no, this person broke the law. People understand crime. They understand, hey, you did something you weren't supposed to do. Um, But, you know, this is much more of a, like, well... you were allowed to do it. maybe you didn't report it right, but you were hundred percent allowed to do it. and this probably should be a crime. Um, and
0: what we've been taught is that you know someone like standing on the street corner, you know looking suspicious that maybe has a gun in their pocket is a criminal. Mm. not a person who you know sits in a boardroom and makes a decision like this, oh, yeah, even though very they're true. probably about equally as harmful to our society. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's probably another topic for another day. Now that I thought about it, I'm like, mm, that might be a good topic a for deep, like, yeah. like the the next episode or the episode after next. Like, we could we could kind of get into that. Mm-hmm. We were going to talk about the Activision Blizzard, you know, merger uh, with Microsoft <laughs> since I was on the Microsoft topic, but this ended up being uh, a little bit longer <laughs> than I thought it would be. Um, so yeah do you have anything else you want to say about that
1: no i think i've ranted it out <laughs>
0: <laughs> i knew i when i saw it i was like oh this is right up ricky's alley he is gonna have a lot of words to say about this particular topic um yeah so fun talk um uh, there's a book that you should probably read uh, or listen to the audiobook of called weapons of maths destruction mm-hmm. um which it it is kind of about some of these concepts yeah um you know, the, the, the well, it's, it's about how algorithms, like, push harm into society because we don't do some things that we should do. Oh, with yeah. Them. Um, but either way, uh, this has been Season 6, Episode 17 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Happy Halloween.